success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Jody Wellman is a leading authority on living lives worth living. As a speaker and facilitator, she helps her clients live squander-free lives while they're lucky enough to still be above ground while cleverly beginning with the big end in mind. She named her business 4,000 Mondays because it shines the light on the finite number of weeks we have to live like we mean it. Jody holds a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania, where she's also an assistant instructor. As a certified coach with 25 years of corporate leadership experience, she helps executives, teams, and high performers work well and live even better. Jody's TEDx talk is the top viewed of all TEDx talks over 15,000 in 2022, and hers is sitting at number 14. Oh my gosh, what a rock star. Jody Wellman, welcome to She's Invincible. We are so excited to have you with us today <laughs> on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I just love Mondays because that's the day we chose for our episodes to go live. That's the day we launched. It's the day our TV launch came out. Like Mondays are our day. Yeah. Yes. And like I, when I met you, I was like, oh, I'm so in alignment with this because I wanted to bring great things to people on Mondays mm -hmm. because they tend to be hard days sometimes <laughs> for a lot of people. So gosh, I can't wait to introduce you here. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Oh, well, thank you, first of all, for that rock star of an introduction. I'm feeling pretty important right now, and I'm loving you for that. Thank you. Um, and I like how you're a Monday. We're like Monday aligned, even though we have feelings associated with Monday. And so uh, we can elaborate on that for sure that, you know, a lot of people will say to me, for example, 4,000 Mondays, first of all, what's the deal? And I think you hinted at it in the intro, you know, we roughly get 4,000 weeks to live. So I like that tension point about how, oh, we got to focus on the fact that time's ticking because that's what motivates us to get on with it. Um, yes. But Mondays are, they're visceral, right? Like they're, they have a reputation for good reason because they will highlight for us if we are waking up on a Monday to do stuff that we're actually engaged and interested in that enlivens us, that makes us feel alive, that's good. Or obviously if we're feeling like we are dreading it and it's sucking the soul out of us, and then that's an indication that maybe something needs to change. So uh, Mondays it. are a good litmus test to see how alive or dead are we in this life we're living. So <laughs> there's just it. a brief background on 4,000 Mondays for you. you know. There you go. So tell yeah. us how you got where you are today. Well, you know, I worked for 17 years in, as they say, corporate America, and I was loving it. You know, I had the opportunities galore where I was able to change my role within a couple different companies I worked for every 18 months. And for me, that was huge because I love variety. I love new challenge. And so I was working in the health club industry, which was super fascinating. And, uh, and, and I, you know, had a chance to see the inner workings of how that business runs. Loved it. Um, until I didn't, you know, until I kind of reached a bit of a limit, you know, my last role was as senior vice president of operations of a national uh, chain and it was great. And then I found myself just itching and, you know, and needing to make a change, but not knowing how, uh, and I found my way to leadership coaching and team development, executive work. And I did that. I've done that for 10 years. And you know what? admit that there was something niggling me along the way. 
that I don't know, you know, if you've had this, certainly I know your listeners have along the years where there's that, there's just a topic or there's this idea or this concept or something burgeoning inside you where it's like this, this thing that is special and precious, but you don't know how to do anything with it yet. So that makes it super intimidating, right? So sure. therefore we must avoid it or like shelve it. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And for me, it was this topic of using mortality as a motivator. But like, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of people get a little freaked out when we start talking about death. <laughs> and so I hadn't quite figured out how do I do this, you know? So through a bit of a circuitous path, which I know we'll get to, I uh, found myself studying positive psychology for the grad school program at UPenn. And I gave myself permission to study this topic. And in doing that, it's so funny because maybe I just needed to feel like it was like a validated choice that, oh, wow, there's studies on this or this makes it official. And I'm not a total crack job just by talking about the Grim Reaper all the time. Um, other people do it too, and they have PhDs. So That's I just right. found myself motivated to like, let me just make this now my life. And it and it and I know it might sound a bit kind of corny, but like I do feel like it's a calling. Like I can't not do this. So I changed um my my career shifting more from the corporate side, now more over towards the motivational side to let's get on with it. So I love that. Here's the path. There it is. There it is. And then there was the TEDx talk. Yes. 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 So amazing. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a life, a life highlight. I love it. Well, so tell us what makes Mm -hmm. you invincible? Hmm. You know, I think, well, first of all, when I think about the definition of invincibility, I, I, I like to give a lot of grace. You know, so I um, am careful because a lot of the work I do too at Penn is teaching in the Penn Resilience Program as a trainer, which is helping people figure out how to be resilient, right? And I like to leave room for the fact that like being invincible or resilient or insert synonym here, for me, it's not about being bulletproof, you know, Um, it's about like, sometimes the bulletproof vests, like you're going to get hit. And that's okay. And actually, I do believe that that ends up making us stronger. So number one, I do believe that, you know, invincibility for me is about I can bounce back. I can weather a storm. And yet I can acknowledge that, like, sometimes that storm's going to blow me over, you know, and, and that's okay, too. In fact, that is welcomed, like in the spirit of where I study positive psychology, they call it the dark side. Um, where yeah. it's not positive psychology isn't all about toxic po- positivity and happiness. So let's always look on the bright side, especially when you are talking about mortality, like that's a downer. Uh, and yet, you know, there is that symbiotic relationship between it's the lows that make the highs just feel higher. It's the struggle and hardship and loss sometimes that provides meaning. And so my invincibility, I think, is it an attitude about how I don't think we can go wrong. I don't think I can go wrong. I feel like, well, I'll I'll share a little quick story with you. The husband and I have this little journal that we bought called the book of bad calls. And you know, when you do something like you go out for a meal and it's just a total freaking disaster, or you book a trip and you're staying at a resort and you're like, oh God, this is such a mistake. Or I, I don't know, like for me, I like open up a thing of coconut yogurt. I'm like, no, no, no. All the things we do that are just little like, bad calls, small, medium, and large, we record them in this little journal and it has all these cute little skulls on it. So it's adorable. But what that does is it shifts this thing about how now there's no thing that we could do or try or horrible movie we could watch or anything that we could do that could be that bad because partly we're amused while well, it's going to make the book of bad calls. And we look at it now with almost like it's amusement. So invincibility to me is choosing to say, just like looking at our mortality as well, that sucks, but it's inevitable. And so why don't we laugh at it? It's that it's almost like we can't go wrong. So that's, that's a, that's, that's invincibility to me. I love that. I love that. I hope one day you publish that book too, because that (laughs) will be hysterical just to hear some of the, you know, things, (laughs) right. And it's really something fun to look back on. Wow. Well, Mm -hmm. that just paved the way because right now we're about to jump into your topic which is memento mori, right? So remembering we will die as a motivator to get on with our goals, Mm -hmm. our plans and our life with intention and priority. Mm -hmm. 
Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, girl, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> we are going deep and we're going fast. <laughs> I like you. Oh yeah. 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 Let's do it. Let's just do it. Tell us what okay. we need to know. This is, you know, wow. Scary, <laughs> inspiring wake up call right? For the sleepwalkers in us, like, you know, I'm guilty sleepwalker, you know, takes the, yeah, I have to be jolted. So I love this conversation. Let's do it. Well, thank you. You've just words, used words. I love like even the jolting and the wake up. So, you know, well, memento mori, I mean, you just defined it. It's an old Latin uh, phrase that does translate to remembering that we must die. And, uh, you know, I was going to insert like wah wah sound here, (laughs) but you know, we're already past that. We we already know what we're talking about. (laughs) And the notion that um that it is less about being morbid, right? It is more about using that as what researchers call temporal scarcity. And it's that concept, like, you know, when you think about any any asset, anything that goes on, like that you know it's temporary or it's rare or it's like limited time only, like pumpkin spice lattes, you know, whatever it might be that's you it's not gonna last for long. All of a sudden it's it's so valuable. We see it differently. We want to get our hands on it. And so life is like that. We could choose to look at it like that, which is my encouragement. It's to say, you know, if I know I've got 1,889 Mondays left, that's true for me. If I'm knocking on melamine here, um, that, that awareness, that realization, the stark calculation is the real thing that does provide the spark plugs. Because if like, hypothetically speaking, and there's a thought experiment many philosophers have done over the years, where if you knew you were going to live forever, like let's say we we knew we were going to live for eternity. Well, first of all, I don't know about you, but that sounds exhausting. <laughs> Second of all, I mean, potentially exciting, but also a lot. We need deadlines, right? Like think yeah. about our lives and the things we want to launch and the projects that we want to, we need a deadline. We procrastinate and we're all walking around procrastinating our lives because we're just going to get to it later. But I'm here to say, oh, whoa, you know, I am brazen by even saying I have 1,889 Mondays because I might not even be around by the time you launch the show. Like if I'm just getting real morbid. And so the goal <laughs> is let's get let's let's get busy living now. And it's not just a concept. I mean, we can make it obviously super applicable together here today. But let's use that to our advantage in a way that does ratchet up that sense of urgency. Not out of fear, really. We're not going to linger there long, but out of that notion of, well, I better, I better get moving on some of these goals that I have said are important to me. That's that's the point of memento mori. I love that so much. So uh 4,000 Mondays, is that 78 years? How many oh, years good. is that? Great question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just shy of 80. And if you think of it, like women live till around 83 men, 78 in all honesty, if someone's really going to get granular, they're going to audit it and know that those numbers have recently dipped, but they've only dipped because of COVID and I'm choosing to gloss over that. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So Mm -hmm. amazing. So let's talk a little bit about how people can live more intentional knowing. I mean, listen, when I realized like this, this was a realization to me is one day was like, I might only have 80 birthdays. Yeah. Or 80 Christmases or like I, you can really break it down to like that even smaller number yeah, uh, and say, how do you, you know, we don't think of that, but that's our truth. So how do you live each one of those like you're never going to have another one. And I love what you're doing with Monday. So let's just break it down. Like, sure. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we know it's important because we know they really are numbered and we're being very gracious. As you said, mm-hmm. I know people that didn't live to 20 or yeah. 60 or, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and, and as you say, living, you know, long forever is exhausting. Like I look <laughs> at senior citizens and I think I don't want to live like that. That can be exhausting. Right. Yeah. So let's yeah. break this down and let's tell them like, how can you shift yeah. into more intentional living? Yes. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't encourage everybody to count their Mondays. 
you know, and there's a calculator on my website. We can get to that later if you don't want to do the math. But ultimately, you know, if you're female, 83 minus your age, multiplied by 52. There you go. Male, 78 minus your age, multiplied by 52. There are your Mondays. Um, so number one, I think that that's a good starting point, right? Is seeing the number and going either, whoa, or just having some kind of feeling associated with it and, and regularly updating that every week, right? So that's just that, that's just sort of an easy throwaway point. I hope it's obvious by now. And then the other way that I think that now moves this into a little bit of action is because now it's still fuzzy. It's this notion of, yes, time's limited. There's tension there. But now I'm just going to go eat a Snickers bar. Like, I don't know what to do now, right? <laughs> because it's also, <laughs> let's break the anxiety. Well, how about we start to do this thing? I call it like diagnosing the dead zones. And just like how in management, you know, was it Peter Drucker? That's like, you can't manage what you can't measure. Yes. I do believe that it's really tough to live this astonishing life unless you're super aware of where things are really good, but also where things are flatlined. And so, um, you know, this notion of where in your life out of all the domains and little pockets and pieces, is it your social life that feels really invigorating or really deadening or your love life or your recreation? You know, when was the last time you did something for fun or your spirituality or your health or your career or your areas of personal growth? Just doing like sitting back at Starbucks and doing like a where, where in my life am I feeling alive? Go do more of it. Where am I feeling like, and we know, we know, we know ourselves deep down. So I think identifying, excuse me, identifying parts where we feel like we might need a little bit of CPR is that dawning awareness, which is crucial. And then my most exciting recommendation really is to figure out for you over two dimensions where you might want to add more life into your life with your remaining Mondays. So as I allude to in my TEDx talk, you know, it is not just about living longer. That's fine and good if we're healthy and, and we have all of our marbles intact. But in the meantime, what about living wider and deeper? And so the widening part has to do with adding more vitality into our lives. And this is more about the pursuit of pleasure. This is the fun stuff. It's about having more experiences, having, you know, really great fun road trips, going to concerts, lots of fun foods, the carnivals, it's the fun, pleasure. And for many of us, we realize that maybe we're all work and no play and we need a little more of that fun in our lives. So that could be one dimension where there's an opportunity for you. And then the other dimension is the deepening our lives. And that has to do with the aspect of creating more meaning. And this has to do with more of, instead of pursue a pleasure, it's like, expression of virtues. It's uh, often about having purpose and living out our purpose or being connected to something spiritual, something bigger than us. It doesn't need to be religion per se, but having those deep, meaningful connections with relationships with other people, um, gratitude, giving, all the, all the lovely character things, right? And so for many of us, we, we might say, oh, I'm out there having fun. Like I'm unstoppable, but I come home and I feel a little bit like an empty shell. You know, I feel like there's not a lot of substance to the life I'm living. I want to be able to give back more or feel more connected, whatever that might be. So I think analyzing your life and saying, is it that I want to make it wider? And I don't know about you, but like, I would always like to make my life wider, more, more is fun. Same thing about deeper is my, do you want to maybe add more depth to your life, even more than there already is, depending where you're starting from. And so I find that thinking of your life in those dimensions and then using other people's examples of how they've added more width and depth can be really inspiring because that's just the framework of how to look at your life with your remaining Mondays so that you ideally don't get to the end with regrets on your deathbed. Like that's, that's, that, that's the mission at hand here, right? We do yeah. not want to be lying there going, oh man, I really wished I had done X, Y, Z because we have time now to get going on XYZ, right? Like, yeah. can I ask you, is there something that if, hypothetically speaking, in the next, you know, short time frame, you found yourself peacefully, painlessly on your deathbed, would there be something that you wished you had done that you didn't take action or you haven't taken action on yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are two really big things that I have that, yeah, I that would be so painful. Okay. If I hadn't done them. Okay. Well, then the, the part to me that is the most motivating of all is that the good news is that we're not on the deathbed, right? And that, right. And that we have the chance to course correct a regret in the making. 
because we're all just living potential regrets in the making. Every time we have a dream that we think, oh man, I would, I'd love to go to Prague, right? Or, oh, I would love to go and, and have that, you know, special writer's retreat in Mexico, whatever it might be. Those are all notions we have. Some are more serious than others, that it's up to us whether we want to actually make it happen and live a life that's not all talk, no action. Or um, do we want to just let things languish? And like, clearly, we're never going to get to all the things we dream of. Their life is not long enough for that. But that's the goal of prioritizing and saying, well, if I was to die soon, what would be the top one or two things that would really get me? And now we take one step in the direction of actually making that come true. That is, isn't that exciting that we get to do that? <laughs> it is exciting. And it just, it reminds me, it takes me back to what Les Brown says about the great, you know, he says the richest land in the great is in the world is the graveyard because so many people die with their dreams still inside of them. And oh my gosh. So that started like this whole thought process for me. And then it just continued. And then I met uh, you. Uh, so, here we are today. And here we are today, counting true. Mondays, right? And so, <laughs> but yes, and I agree with that so much. And mm. so let's talk about, you know, we can't go to from zero to a hundred today. So yeah. let's talk about some small bites. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things, say somebody's having a wake up call right now. I love mm-hmm. how you um, introduce these things as like black mind and dead zone <laughs> because <laughs> that's so appropriate for the conversation <laughs> that I think is just a riot. Um, and so let's say somebody's in a dead zone yeah, and they're like, holy smokes, right? You just woke them up with this message. What, yeah. what is the first thing they could do knowing you can't just go from zero yeah. to a hundred? Totally. Oh gosh. Cause you're right. I think, and that stops us in our tracks too, right? It's this thing of like, I can't do a grand sweeping gesture to change my life. I have kids in school. What am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Right. I get you. I totally get it. Not that I would be ever against some people do radical life overhauls, but they're not usually like manageable for <laughs> most of us. So I am right with you. And I, I have to subscribe to this too, because I am a scaredy cat. Like I have all these dreams and I often then just feel fear about moving forward. And it's always that a notion of like, well, what would be one thing you could do to just chip away at the fear? Cause the fear is just going to be there, right? Like we're not expecting it to just dissolve or evaporate. It's just a matter of going forward anyway. So one tip is this notion of novelty. And oftentimes this is a really nice little, I think this is like a little warm up act, you know, to uh, living a life that maybe is wider and or deeper. And we get into these routines. You alluded to it earlier when you talked about like sleepwalking, like we get through this like autopilot mode. And that is often the state that we get in. It's efficient. And it's the state though, that makes us feel over time, like your life is passing you by. And one way to interrupt that is to just mess around a little bit with your routine. And it doesn't need to be a big deal. So I was just talking to somebody this week and she was like, I just, I love routine, I love structure, even though I know that it might be causing me to feel dead inside. What do I do? I, just, I, don't, I, I, I don't have time to do all these things. It was great. What about taking one thing you do this week, a routine that's just kind of old hat and jostling it up a little bit? So she was, as one example, she was thinking, well, I do the same general workout every time. Like, well, what if you just totally shook it up? What if you went and did a weight class or you did a stretch class or you went online and you did a restorative yoga and didn't fall asleep and had that instead of the thing you do, like just one little adjustment. Or what if it's, you know, I do the same breakfast every morning <laughs> until I do stop sometimes and go, you know what? We're having waffles this morning, like just shaking up a routine, one little thing you can shake up and maybe it is date night, right? Just make an effort and make just one little fun excursion you can do and shake it up or just say, meet me at 6 p.m. at the bar of this restaurant and no questions asked and just shake it up just one thing a week. And I just gave you a few examples. If you want to stuff all that into your week, well, no one's stopping you, but I'm just encouraging one little adjustment at a time to add a little more life into life that for many of us can just be a little bit of a momentum booster to go, Oh, and what do I want to do next? Right. So the, the shaking the routine is a big one. Um, and I, I encourage adults, especially, you know, when we're kids, we have fun and we know how to do that. We don't, we're not 
we have to be encouraged to have fun, right? Right. And for many of us, we get into, again, routines, but we're also responsible adults and we also just lose the plot. And I look back and I say, okay, think about an activity that you used to do that brought you joy. And for many of us, we actually have that life that we used to live that was, quite frankly, like way better. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, that was when I was I was going out for walks every morning before work or, yeah, you know what? I was painting. I was doing like a little art thing like every month or maybe it was that oh, I was having brunch with the girls on Saturdays and we just stopped that because of, I don't know, a pandemic or something got in the way. <laughs> what about like rekindling a thing you used to do that brought you joy and just adding that into your life just maybe even once a month? Right. Or if maybe you don't have a hobby that you used to do because you've been hobbyless for 20 years, that's OK. What about if it meant taking one little thing that you were interested in, like you drive by a dojo and you're like, I'm always curious about Taekwondo. Hmm. Could that be for me? You know what? Register for a class. Like that's the one move. Do one thing. Maybe it is register for an intro class and you'll feel so nervous and excited and alive just even by registering. So one little step in a direction of something that might have a little tiny flame of interest for you. I love it. I love it. So for me, one of the things that I'm so passionate about as I think about my Mondays rolling through uh, is travel. And so I didn't do a lot of that. And now my kids are grown and I can do that. And so I made this list of about 30 countries that I wanted to travel to. I just listed them all out. It was like a total brain dump. Oh, yeah, I want to go there. And then I see a movie. Where's that filmed? Oh, I want to go there. Right. And you know, what's so funny is that now all these opportunities are presenting themselves in these countries. Really? I was speaking to someone the other day and I said she she teaches these um, experiences. So where you can have VIP day experiences and you take them to other countries. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have a list. She said, read me your list. I pulled it up on my phone and I rattled down the entire list. And she said, oh, well, there's 10 of them that I do that you could come. Uh, Let me tell you which 10 they are and you can pick the one you want. I was like, what? So like the opportunities are showing up because I was just intentional enough to like take it from my brain to this list. The energy is ridiculous. So I feel like, guys, what do you want to do? What are what is the most important thing is you talk about this. Jody is, you know, make a list, start make with a list. list. Oh, yes. yes. Can I even, I, I love that you've done that because you actually, when there's something concrete, it changes. It gets more than a notion it could be cockamamie and it makes it all of a sudden grounded and, and, and there's a more energy to it. I am a fan of making a list of things that make me happy. And, and some people will do it in Excel and here's why. And I know Excel is nerdy, but you know, give it a chance. Cause if you write out the things that you do and they could be tiny little things like, um, you know, taking a moment to, you know, 10 minute meditation or brushing the dog, or they could be very, very, very small things. And they could also be large, right? Like, sure. you know, going for a swim across the lake. I don't know who would want to do that, but whatever, <laughs> different strokes for different folks, I guess. Um, but all the things, you know, you enjoy doing. And then you can associate how much time it takes. So for example, the dog brushing might be like a two minute endeavor and then the swim thing, well, gosh knows how long that takes, but, and then what you can do, I know some people that will then sort the list so that it's like ordered where if you have 20 minutes between meetings or on your lunch break, or you're, it's a Saturday morning and you actually have a little block of time in the morning. You could look at, if it's on your list and you go, wait a minute, I love walking through the craft store and getting inspired. You know what? I'm going to drive over to Michael's and I'm going to just get lost and get inspired and get and walk out with some paints and pipe cleaners. And I don't know, gosh knows what else. And I'm going to, and, and so I think we have to actually, we have to help ourselves. Like yes. we, we, we would love great lives to happen to us, but sometimes we just need it to be unfortunately a little more prescriptive and we need nudges and we need lists to help us get that just in control. Like you do a to-do list when mm-hmm. therefore we need a little bit of a, a happiness to-do list. We need a vitality and a meaning to-do list that helps keep us prioritized with our remaining Mondays. Mm, I love that so much. So, and I know we're not going to tell a lot about this today, but tell us about what's coming soon with you that you're working on. The biggest, most exciting joy in writing a book and 
and it is going to uh, I'll include illustrations as well because I love to draw little tiny silly images of the Grim Reaper in various situations. And so I get to I get to do it. And I'm so fortunate and I'm so grateful. And every day that I sit down now and and uh, write, which is every day uh, before it's due in October, I am thanking my lucky stars. I get to do this. I love that. And you get to share this with more, even more people, right? This idea yes. of living this deeper and wider life. Um, it's just amazing. And just so as in such an intention, intentional way, right? Like things mm -hmm. change when we become intentional. I think also that, that like, as we talk about lists and being intentional, mm -hmm. we don't waste as much time figuring out what we want to do because it's already on the list. Like you right. said, organize right. your list and pick something. You can do anything you want, <sighs> you know, and how many exactly. times we waste time I, do you ever see that meme? It says I've eaten, you know, a full serving of potato chips standing in front of the pantry trying to decide if I want potato chips. <laughs> Is that not like the story of life? Like if we're trying to decide where do we want to go to dinner or where we want to go on vacation, we could have already been there. Right. Uh, and yeah. And I think that that takes a lot of the procrastination out. If there's no time for fear to set in and doubts and I I just love what you're teaching and what mm. you're speaking about. This just is so amazing. And, you know, you. if people will take the time to, which doesn't take a lot of time, but take the little mm. bit of time to apply some of the things that you just shared, what mm. a more meaningful and, and just purposeful and joyful life they mm. will have just in those few little tweaks. And I just love that. Oh, well, thank you. And it is, it, we often overestimate how much we have to do to just like our lives a little more. It doesn't need to be a big giant cruise that we go on, right? It could be a choice today at lunch to sit and read a chapter of a book while having a really, you know, wonderful lunch sitting there and not answering emails. Like maybe that for you is the enlivening choice today. And that's kind of manageable. Yeah. That well, and, and like you say, right, it all is if, if you're intentional. And I just love that. Anything else you want to tell them about this 4,000 Mondays and uh, just, oh, I love this so much. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, I would say not being afraid. You know what? The countdown is there for us to use to our advantage, not to shy away from the more you walk into it. Research is clear that our actually our anxiety about death decreases the more willing we are to participate in our lives, because oftentimes our fear of death is associated with that fear that there's life left unlived in us. So let's let both work together, face that face up to it and live while live before we die. And that's kind of a win-win. I just love, I love what you just said, because mm -hmm. a lot of times people will find out they're ill or they have a diagnosis. And one of the first things they say is I'm not ready to die. Hmm. So right. can we be ready to live? Like, let's yeah. just be, let's just agree to be ready to live and not worry about being ready oh. to die. Oh, you, can I just one more? I'm writing the chapter on regrets right now in the yes. book. And there is a story that strikes me. Uh, a friend of mine, her dad was diagnosed with a terminal uh, illness several years ago, and it struck her. And then it struck me because she passed this on how he said when he was diagnosed, he had this sort of instant sense of like, equanimity. like he said, I've lived the life I've wanted to live. And I think for many of us, we're looking around like, I don't know if I could say that. If I had a, if I had a terminal diagnosis, which by the way, we all have a freaking terminal diagnosis. Like <laughs> yes, we're all we dying of the same disease. So that's bad. <laughs> However, yes, some of we us are faster than others. Yes. Would, would you be able to say, oh man, I think generally we could say it's been a good ride. And yet, you know, it's that if only I had more time to do X, Y, Z, Sure, you're going to have countries on your list, probably oodles and oodles of them. Um, but again, back to that notion of life left unlived. Let's just get to the point where we just be, get a little more intentional about making a few more of those things happen so that we're not feeling that coulda, shoulda, woulda feeling at the end. I love that so much. Oh, so much. That would be the way to live, to be able to, to be ready to die, be okay oh. with it and know you've lived a great life. And I think that comes with age too, right? You know, you'll see a 90 year old or a 95 year old, they've already beaten so many odds. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and they, they say I lived a good life, but they all still would like to have one more day or one more year, but yeah. let's talk about this 
quiz that you have that I think is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so it's one of those pop-ups on the website. Everybody hates pop-ups, but this one's fun, I swear. And <laughs> it is the quiz. It says, um, how alive or dead are you? And I think it's short, like 12 simple questions that will ascertain whether you are in the dead zone, the vitally alive category, like lots of, sorry, vitally empty, like a lot, a lot of fun, not a lot of meaning, maybe meaningfully bored. So a lot of meaning, but not a lot of fun going on or in the astonishingly alive category, which is really where we all want to be anywhere plus on meaning and anywhere plus on vitality. I love that. Okay. So let's tell them where they can find you so they mm -hmm. can find that quiz. Thanks for asking. It's over at 4000mondays.com. And is it the number four or is it spelled out for F-O-U-R? Either way. Oh, perfect. Well, that's great SEO. Way to go. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you guys, 4000mondays.com. Find Jody. You can find everything about her. We also are going to have all the links in the show notes, including her TEDx talk, which is absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for you to tap into that. Take your quiz. Let's find out. I'd love to hear. Gosh, if you take that quiz, drop us a submit a rating and review on iTunes and let Jody know where you are. What result did you get on that quiz? And what are you going to do today? to make the changes so that you can get to the sweet spot. Mm. I just, I love this so much. Oh mm. my gosh, Jody! Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom. You're brilliant. I just oh. love how you've taken life on by the horns and intentionally, not just for you, but for the way that you're sharing it for the world so that other people don't miss out and they can live their best life too. Mm. So thank you for that. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. And you know, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs. 
and we're going to share their expert zone of genius, which you've done so far so well. But we're not done because <laughs> we also promised them that we're going to pull back the curtain. You know, they see you, they hear your wisdom, all the great things you're doing, the life you're living, what you're teaching and writing about. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But they have no idea who that Jody was mm -hmm. on that journey to the life <laughs> that you live today. Oh. And so they're saying, oh, she's so lucky. <laughs> oh, every time I say it out loud, I just want to scream. I want to put on my boxing gloves. There's luck has nothing to do with this. Uh, it is grit, right? Mm -hmm. It is being invincible. And to us, being invincible is not that you don't take the bullets. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you said. You take mm -hmm. the bullet, you take more bullets, mm -hmm. but you get back up. Yeah. Every time you get back up, you never give up. You never get it, give in. You mm -hmm. just, you take it and then you get back and you go in to live some more. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so excited to pull back the curtain with you today. And have you share a little bit about the journey because um, everyone wants this life, right? But they're not all willing to pay the price. Hmm, so hmm. let's jump in. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, great. Let's jump in then. Let's tell our first story. And that is the story about the good or the hmm. greatest part of this journey so hmm. far. Hmm. I love, by the way, you do this, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I have a, I have a favor to ask you, uh -huh. are you okay if we end on the good? We'll go back to the good. Let's go yeah. back to it. Yeah. But so we're going to tell the good, but oh. then we'll, we'll loop back around and we'll come. I we'll love it. Okay. It. And the yeah. reason I say it is just because there will be perhaps spoiler alerts, although it's all pretty clear anyways. And you know, the, the good in, when I think about my journey, especially in the entrepreneurial realm, is about listening to the voice inside that had that kind of, at first it was like the nudge, you know, and then I like to think of it as it became so that it was like kicking me from the inside. And my inclination is often to be a pleaser. You know, I want to make people happy, hard time saying no. And, you know, I think that it's easy sometimes to stay in situations. So I, you know, was doing the work I was doing, working with clients and in a really great business partnership that was fabulous. Uh, and yet, you know, it was, um, it was not working in this space of 4,000 Mondays. And I felt that real, real push and pull and, and all the feelings of wanting to do it. And the good for me was, listening and making the choice to say, this will not be easy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up shop. I'm going to change my path again, even if it's inconvenient. And that's the thing about living a life that feels astonishing, right? Is that again, there's not silver platter time, hand it over to you. It's like, we have to, we have to make, we have to have tough conversations and have make tough choices and sacrifice sometimes some things that we feel are important and like income or like prestige or whatever it might be in order to pursue the thing that makes your heart feel full. And so I'm the good for me is, oh man, like listening to that thing inside me that said, you want to talk more about the Grim Reaper, even though it's counterintuitive. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Ah. Yes, it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it, to live that astonishing life. It takes a lot of courage to make those decisions and stick with them. That's a great point. It, I think you're right about courage. And I, again, I think we wait for I, for, I waited for it. I waited for courage and confidence over the years. And it will not come knocking. You know, I was just going to say that it never comes. You're waiting. If you're waiting for that, you're waiting forever because the courage and the confidence comes with the action and the decisions. It's like it's like when you show your boarding pass as you get on the plane, you don't show it to the tap to the Uber driver. You show it at the door and you get on the plane and, you know, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to this place. And all of a sudden it has overcome you. And that's where the courage comes in. Mm. Too many, I love that you said that because too mm. many people mm. are waiting until they feel it. It, it. You don't feel it until you do it. 
And the more yeah. you do it, the more you feel it. And do you, yes. would you agree doing it oh. yourself? Like it was scary, but once you did it, it was less scarier. A hundred and thirty-three percent. Yeah. I just read you, something today. It said it's mm, never going to get easier. Mm, You're going to get better. Mm, I just read it today, and I mm, thought, oh, I'm keeping mm, this forever, right? This is something totally. we want to say. That that is what it's about. And yeah. yet, too many people are watching Monday go by, right? Uh, waiting for waiting. Monday, I'll muster up that courage. But you're right; it's um, courage earned. You know, and uh, and and it and it will also diminish like every time I go to start something that is a little bit exciting and scary. I got to buck up again and remember every single time. Right. I create it. I It doesn't I don't unwrap it as a as a present that someone gave to me. No, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like here we are again. Right. It rears its ugly head. And you're like, but but here's the thing we go back to. I did it. I've done this before. And it gets easy. It's back to it doesn't get easier. We get better, right? We yeah. remind ourselves. Remember that time when you did that and and how that worked out? Like, and then yes. you can convince yourself. And it does yeah. get easier. It really, yeah. it, it it not because it's easier. It just gets easier because you're better. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I love this. Oh my gosh. That was so great. Okay. All right, we're going to save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Oh, I think about um, feeling really stuck when I was in my corporate world because I was, it's so ironic, the world, the word comfort zone, because like comfort zones, actually, we, we know are not that comfortable. They're quite smothery, but I wanted to make a change when I was working in my corporate world. But I was so scared. I was afraid to, to make a change, uh, partly because I didn't know how. Like, how does one totally blow up their career? Um, so part of it was tactical, but it was also fear of rejection or fear of losing um, some of the trappings of success. And so I found myself. So there's this I call it the stapler story. So in my office, this is back in Chicago. I was at the office and I was doing my job. I, I don't know. I stapled a couple pages together and my stapler ran out of staples. Okay. No big deal. Um, but I, of course you root around and you're like, okay, I got to go find a row of staples. So I went and found one in the supply room. And I, as I loaded that pristine row of staples into my stapler, I said to myself, I better not be here by the time this row of staples is used up. And it was so funny because it gave me this feeling of, ooh, like game on, like you've got this. And so I loaded the stapler, except here's the thing. I did diddly squat. So I was still scared, still afraid, still didn't know what to do, did nothing. I was waiting to be saved. Just like waiting for courage and confidence, like that's a bus that ain't coming. So about a year later, I'm I'm at the, you know, same office, although I think I had been promoted and I was in a different office now, but still just as itchy and and miserable. And so I was stapling something and the stapler ran out of staples. And it was that really disgusting feeling of, oh, like, like, um, like shame. Like I've let myself down and I know now to be kinder to myself, but oh boy, I wanted to staple myself in the face. I was so mad at myself for not doing anything. And then of course, at that point I was like, but for real this time, I'm not going to be here by the time this row. And it happened again. And so I am a cautionary tale. And I love, unfortunately, that I have this story because it helps me relate to all of us other humans out there who are just just wobbling in our boots because we want something better. And it's out there on the other side of fear, but we don't know how to go to get it. And all I can tell you is that, holy cow, it's so worth it. Like putting on that, like ha- making that leap of faith is so worth it. Um, cause the, the malaise that we create, the, the, the cost that we pay by languishing, no one's kidding anyone. You're not living a full life. You're playing it safe and that is not fun. And it's not, a, that's a, that's a very different version of aliveness than what we're talking about. And we deserve more. We do. And it's so rewarding when we get it right. We, because no one gave it to us. We, we earned it. 
We made the decisions. We made the tough decisions. We stepped up and did the thing. So I, so you have so much about around this, like three rows of staples. Like, Oh my goodness. So, you know, the struggle that really positions you to help other people who are just, you know, I think people just are paralyzed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and Mm -hmm. as you said, I didn't even know what to do besides being afraid you know, yeah. you, you didn't even know. And the genie doesn't come down. You said that bus ain't coming. <laughs> I right. love that because it's not right. And we're all waiting at the bus stop for those things. A lot of us and it's not coming. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, girl. OK, well, here we go. Now we have to go ugly. We got to go ugly. I got ugly for you. Are you ready for ugly? I don't know. <laughs> no. I I don't know. Oh, but this is what I do know. I yep. know that ugly is the thing that takes us to the greatest part of our life. Mm. That's what I know about ugly. So that's the part I'm ready for. Okay. Uh, And I don't know anything else. (laughs) So bring on ugly. Oh, I I love your attitude because this is, this is exactly what you're all about. And what I, I I echo with you. I love what what you profess. And so my version of ugly uh, was 10 years in a row of just nasty eating disorders. And I have the benefit of looking back on it now, but I know super clearly now compared to when I was in it, because what's the expression? Like you can't see the label from inside the jar. Mm. Um, I see now that that was the manifestation of fear, right? So a lot of that did have to do with what am I going to do next? I was, I was scared. It was also a desire to be in control and I'm sure no one can relate to this <laughs> desire to control our lives at all. Um, but what what happens is, um, you know, many of us find really like adaptive and healthy ways to deal with it and cope. And then many of us don't. Many of us come up with maladaptive is our psychological term. And so mine was extreme, right? Like alternating severe anorexia and bulimia. And for many others, it looks like something different, right? It could be a gambling addiction, or I know a lot of people who are into prescription painkillers or extra glasses of wine, even, you know, I mean, I still do that. Um, the, the ways that we want to numb ourselves and cope with just a tough world. And what I see now, this is the part where ugly does turn into something that is a little bit silver liningy is that it's just a suppression and a, a fear of, of living. And it's like playing small versus, you know, the, I love that notion about like playing to win versus playing not to lose, you know, and, and, and it took courage back to your courage word and whole ethos. It's that, um, the belief that it's worth it to a keep trying to get better. So for 10 years, I mean, it wasn't that I kicked back for 10 years and didn't try to get better. I did. And that was frustrating. But that's another example of resilience and just kind of keep keep going back and try a different technique, try something different. Like there's got to be something better than this than vomiting four times a day. Like this cannot be the life that I'm destined to lead for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And when you're through it and you look back and you go, wow, I know that I was suppressing life. I know I was scared. And now I can see, holy cow, like the, 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 this is the full range of life and living. It, it does mean dealing with some crap sometimes and and not hiding away from it and trying to numb it with another row of gluten-free Oreos because they make gluten-free Oreos now. It's great. Um, so to know, good to know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's acknowledging, Oh yeah, I've got a big problem and I got to deal with it. And I'm going to keep dealing with it until I'm through it. And that there is life on the other side and it's so shiny and it's so bright and yeah, it can be crap sometimes, but that's also what makes it even shinier and brighter. So whether your problem out there is minute, you know, maybe you tend to shop a little too much on Amazon just to feel good at night, or maybe it's a big thing. Maybe it's actually taking your life down in ways that you're doing maybe a good or not good job of hiding it. Like I hid mine for almost a decade, right? Yeah. Well, I, it was a day. Um, so there's hope. That's the point. There's hope and we can make it through. Oh my gosh. And look at you now. And you know, and it does, this did lead you back to the greatest days because that experience is what is helping you to appreciate this astonishing life that you talk about. 
Because you saw the other side. You saw the other side of the coin. Oh, yes. You saw that. And and again, as you were giving relatives, you know, you can't appreciate the sun without the rain, right? Mm -hmm. Or the light Mm -hmm. without the darkness. Mm -hmm. And you can't appreciate the joy and the greatest part of your journey without the ugliest part of your journey. That is so so amazing, Jody. So amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love to take a second and I, you know, I know we're just about finished here, but I would love for you to share uh, for anybody who's listening that maybe has an addiction or has an eating disorder. uh, Mm -hmm. What would you say is the first step here? Like, let's we don't want to just leave them here. Like, yeah. But what should I do? Yeah. Uh, You know what? Where is their support? What is the best first step? of finding your way out of that. Oh, I love that you're even asking that. You know, I guess results may vary for different people, but I would say a common ground for all of us that are struggling. It's like never give up on trying to find the right fit with a therapist and nutritionist. So I went through oodles over the years, but you know, some people you just kind of jive with better than others. And so for me, it was that last round was, oh, good. And so for me, it was also having a nutritionist in tandem with the therapist. So that was key. And I would say, and there are tons of resources online, but I would say, just keep trying to find that person that can, those people that can support you and hold you accountable and care. Um, And I'm just going to say one thing that did, I see it clearer now. And I didn't, I I actually just realized this within the last year. Um, I had a big thing on my horizon in life. And so for me, it was starting grad school. Uh, And I knew I was starting in the fall of 2019. And I, I, I kind of had this like, oh, I, I got to make some changes around here. Like, I do not want to be going and struggling with this while I'm studying the good life, positive psychology. And it, for me, it was like, that was representing like a turning point in my life. And so not all of us have the luxury of registering for a program or having a big life changing event on the horizon. But I think for many of us, we can create something that feels significant that whether I'll call it purpose or I'll call it something that is like a very important um, mooring of our life to look forward to or to focus on instead. I do think that that can be valuable. And to be honest, it's important for all of us, whether we're struggling mightily or not. Mm. Mm -hmm. And is there a national hotline? I know there's like one for abuse and one for different things, you know, other things, but do you know of one? Um, and if not, that's okay because we'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes because yeah. we want to we want to be able to provide our listeners with the resources that they need to be mm. able to take that first step and yeah. go you know find where they can go to get connected as you said with the right therapist and the right nutritionist and I know that's not easy and as you said yeah. it took you a long time and it was the fine this was the round right. Uh, but you have to believe even if you're in that struggle cycle, you have to believe that this next one is yeah. going to be the one, right? Yes, that's right. It's about not giving up. And so, yes. um, you know, I've read a stat once that may be outdated, but even for people that are trying to quit smoking, it takes an average of six times to quit before it sticks. And if you think about it, that many people would give up after the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, but if it takes that many times, it's still worth it. And I think that's the, that's the premise, right? It's like, you're still worth it enough to keep giving it a go. Uh, I, I don't know of a hotline per se, but I know that online there are, there are good resources that can provide people with directories in their area of people that they could call and reach out to. And I also think that a family doctor is a good place to start because then they can make referrals too. I love that. That's a great idea. And that's, just, that's probably the most simplest and the fastest, right? If most people already have a primary care doctor. Well, yeah. listen, this has been amazing uh just absolutely amazing and i love counting mondays uh, i love mondays already we call them mic drop mondays around here so we're always dropping the mic on a monday and we're going to drop this mic today and i want to thank you so much just so much for for your journey you know i know it didn't feel like you know, yay, I'm so glad I'm going through this because someday I'm going to help somebody, right? I mean, but look at you, here you are spreading this news and sharing so authentically and helping so many people around the world. And I appreciate that so much. And that's the thing about these stories is that, you know, when we are, everything's going great, we're the teacher. It's when it all falls apart that we're the student. That's where we learn. That's where we're open to receive 
And that's where we can make those decisions and change the trajectory of our life. And I think you just displayed that so beautifully in this entire story. And I love that so much. And I know our listeners are just probably sitting on their end of their seats right now. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, oh my gosh, you guys, first of all, thank you for spending one of your Mondays with us, first of all. And second of all, I have no idea where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, just get back up. You know what to do. Just get back up. Tell them, Jody. Oh, oh, you're just reminded me there was a hypnotherapist a meditation expert. His name is Mark St. Camille in Chicago. And he used to tell me when you fall off the wagon, it is right there waiting for you where you left it. Just you got to get back up. You can't get back in the wagon until you get back up. That is so beautiful. You guys, you can do anything. I know it feels like you can't. I know you're telling yourself right now, I can't do this. I'm telling you, and you have to trust me, you can do anything. Just get back up. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at CammieLeeman.com. I can't wait to meet you.